Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the FPL Optimized podcast. This is episode number 63. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Surtop, the data scientist. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. And first things first, Surtop, I know you had an amazing score and I also know you want to brag about it. So let's get it over with. How did your team do in game week nine? Yeah, my team did amazingly well in game week nine. I finished with 120 points. So I'm in the 100 point club early wow. in the season, which is great. Nice. I Congrats. wasn't really expecting it. Thank you. But yeah, I, I was just lucky, to be honest. And uh, no, like, no, go- no. Come on. I mean, yeah. It's more than luck. I, I feel it's more to do with luck. Again, it's just, uh, you know, fancy monopoly. <laughs> right. Sorry okay. to bring it up again, but yeah, I, I rolled yeah. the dice nicely this game week. It's how I feel, to be honest. Um, okay. Like some of the picks, obviously, like wildcard helped a lot. But yes. I mean, you kind of expect to have a difference to the fields, but that difference is usually around like maybe five points, 10 points. So you are increasing the gap every game week, that's the average case. And that's what I was expecting too. But in the long run to have, you know, more points against the field. But then this game week, I had almost like 45 points uh, over the field average, which is Mm -hmm. again, like within the, you know, possibilities, obviously. But this is, this was very, very unlikely. Like my game week rank is uh, like 1,800 or something. So, yeah. I mean, in a game with you know, 10 million players, that's kind of like very yeah. unexpected. Like almost all of my yeah. players return points, um, yeah. except cash. So, yeah, how was your game week? Yeah, well, not as great <laughs> as yours, but still uh, decent. But first of all, again, congratulations. I think, yeah, you had an amazing score. I'm happy for you. I think our head-to-head score is still five to four in my advantage, but uh, <laughs> you're almost there. <laughs> almost there. Um, and I think the fact that you could improve your OR so fast in a couple of weeks' time uh, also gives me still confidence. You know, I'm still behind, but uh, you've shown that uh, it can still be done. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's still a lot of uh, ground we can we can gain if we get things right. So, uh, yeah, my week, 78 points, um, certainly better than the 22 points <laughs> I had last game week. Um, and I also, was, <laughs> <laughs> I also was about above the average score, which was 67. But, you know, the game week rank was 2.7 million. So it's still not brilliant. Uh, but looking at the team, you know, seven out of my 11 players returned points. So, mm-hmm. you know, they did better than, let's say, uh, two points. Uh, so it's not so much, I think, that I can blame the players that I owned. It's more that I just, yeah, still didn't own a few key players. And to name a few, you know, I don't own Salah, I don't own Watkins, I don't own Trippier, and I also don't own Alvarez. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, that, that hurt me. Uh, but okay, uh, 78 points, two free transfers, wild card still available. So I'm quite excited for the weeks uh, ahead. So um, yeah, 
we can or I can I can build on this. I think. Not using your wildcard, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I think with the two free transfers, I can bring in Salah, but we can talk about it later. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'll ch- I'll still keep it for later. All right, so uh, let's jump into our usual content. Uh, normally, st- we start with covering the model accuracy, but uh, you and I talked about it a bit last week. We think we don't need to cover this every week as it doesn't change too much, uh, but maybe you want to explain it a bit more. Yeah, certainly. So we were obviously tracking the accuracy of these prediction models, but as yeah. we uh, proceed into the almost the middle phase of the season, they started yep. to converge somewhere, so we don't want to repeat the same information every game week. And we right. will probably cover it every month to see where yep. they are going. Uh, but um, it seems like we have a good idea on like which models are more accurate than uh, others in general and how, what's the accuracy of the models in general. Um, yes. But yeah, lately we have been more thinking about the utility measure, like how useful a model is to the user, not only, you know, the most accurate model, but, you know, mm-hmm. what's the order of players, you know, how you, how, you know, what's the utility in general. So in last episode, we kind of introduced this measure where we were checking the free hit and bench boost every game week with the models, and then right. we were checking how many points they have collected. So we got some feedback on that and people thought, you know, it's not enough to include only like 15 players. Maybe we should increase the number of players because, I mean, I, I can see the merit in it because like you, are, you usually work with a pool of players and then you mm-hmm. pick players among them. So we increased this number to 45. So we have five goalkeepers, uh, uh, 15 defenders, 15 midfielders and 10 forwards. So, okay. and we are again allowing models to pick anyone so like this is the top 45 players they pick and then right. we check how many points they have scored in reality and then checking you know what's the utility of the model based on this mm-hmm. again i should repeat myself here but uh, this is something that we are actively working on we will probably change this uh, a couple of times until we find something that will make us happy um, yeah but yeah, based on this measure, uh, FPL review is the most uh, useful model. Um, so it gives something around, I think, 1,800-ish uh, if you do this. And then it's nine game weeks, 45 players every week. If you just divide it, it is 4.74 points per pick. And the lowest model is FPL team with 4.36 points per pick. So as you see, the margin is not that big. But it mm. might be a bigger difference when you are actually using these models actively. Right. And there is only one point difference between FPR Review and Fantasy Football Fix, which mm. is in the second place. And then we have Mikael Tokvam and Fantasy Football Scott. They are also close to each other and also the top two. And then we have Fantasy Football Hub, then Draft Hound. And as I mentioned, we have FPR Team at last rank uh, with this measure. Mm-hmm. So we will be keeping an eye on this and we will be hopefully improving the utility measure, but that's where we are right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, we can uh, give some regular updates on this. Thanks Mm -hmm. for sharing it. It's uh, progress, not perfection. (laughs) I think it's a quote sometimes being used. (laughs) All right, makes sense, thanks. Um, So yeah, the next topic to look at is the team's ranking by offensive and defensive strengths as we do every week. 
uh, as this gives us an idea of the teams we should be investing in or the teams we should avoid. Yes. Uh, so we have, oh, by the way, before even I start, I was kind of like sorting these teams based on, you know, the summation of the entire horizon, like six game week horizon we are checking. So I was just checking the, what's the you know best team. But yep. then I realized that this is not how kind of we are approaching the optimization. We are applying a DK. So shorter horizon is more important than longer horizon. So game week 10, for example, should be more important than game week 15 in this uh, analysis. Yeah. That's why mm -hmm. I applied a DK to sort the team. So every, everything oh. else is remains the same, but the order is based on, you know, if you have good fixtures early on, you should yes. appear more towards the top. Uh, it didn't okay. change the order of the teams significantly, but I will go over this list now. Yeah. And so we at the first spot we have Arsenal, um, and then in the second spot we have Liverpool. Then comes Manchester City, Newcastle, mm -hmm. Brighton, Aston Villa, Tottenham, Manchester United, West Ham, and Crystal Palace. Okay. And Arsenal is at the top because they have a really good fixture. This game week they are playing against Sheffield United, so it is 5.1 defensive average and 5.9 offensive average uh, for mm. predicted points for players. And Liverpool also has a very good fixture. They are playing against Nottingham Forest and both mm. at home, by the way, uh, both Arsenal yeah. and Liverpool. And their yeah. defense average is 4.7. And offense average is 5.8. So as you see, these two fixtures are the best. Mm. Uh, besides these, Aston Villa is playing against Luton Town. That's a favorable fixture with 4.7 defensive uh, point average. Yes. Um, in my opinion, Brighton's game against Fulham is also a favorable fixture. They have 5.1 offensive point average. But yeah, for some reason, like models do not rate uh, Brighton midfielders highly. I will probably talk about this uh, in a bit too, but I think minute okay. uncertainty is impacting right. some of these yeah. point averages. Um, but besides these, I mean, Arsenal is at the top because they also have a really good fixture in game week 12. Even though they have Newcastle game uh, between, which is a relatively tough fixture, they are playing against Burnley in game week 12. And then in game week 14, they have Wolves. And then in game week 15, they have Luton Town. So four mm -hmm. out of six fixtures are uh, favorable. Mm -hmm. For Liverpool, I mean, the good run continues. We have Nottingham Forest and then Luton Town and then Brentford. They only have Manchester City in game week 13, which is a rough game week in general. Like there is no favorable fixture for that game week. Uh, so right. we should be planning that game week carefully, to be honest. Right. And then right. we have Fulham. And then Sheffield United for Liverpool. So they have five out of six uh, fixtures favorable. Uh, but yeah, again, in terms of the point average, Arsenal is at the top. So Arsenal midfielders are kind of a priority for anyone looking to change their teams a little bit. That's mm -hmm. what I will do for my team. Uh, but yeah, uh, like if you don't have Liverpool, obviously Salah is a good pick. And then we will talk about Arsenal in general, like picking the uh, midfielders. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you have any comments or cool. questions? Uh, no, I think as every week, it's it's a good chart to look at. Uh, last week, Liverpool was at the top. So yeah. now they're number two. 
Arsenal number one. So I think it just shows that we uh, we need to consider basically both teams, of course, for mm-hmm. our uh, for our teams. Probably the wild card eight managers uh, went more heavy on Liverpool and and maybe sold their Arsenal players. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen on Twitter a lot of people talking about uh, you know how they should get uh, Saka back uh, because yeah, game week ten now coming up, uh, Arsenal playing against Sheffield, as, as you yeah. said, it's a big game. Uh, and that will, could, will be a tough decision because in some cases, people might have to sell Son to get Saka. Yeah. Uh, but after the strong performance again from Tottenham, I think, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one now to, 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 to sell uh, Son. So yeah, that will be an interesting one. And I think this is maybe where the, uh, the game week 10 wildcarders could have a benefit. Because they could go again a bit heavier on the Arsenal options. Because next to Saka, there's now also Martinelli, uh, who looked also strong yesterday in the in the Champions League game. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good that we need to make some decisions, and we will see some different approaches. Yes, certainly. And let's okay. talk about the worst teams. Yeah. Uh, so we have Luton Town, uh, which has a pretty bad uh, fixture run here. They are playing playing against Aston Villa, then Liverpool, yeah. then Manchester United. They have the Crystal Palace game in game week thirteen, which is relatively good news for them. That game week is just you know in general is a really bad game week. But uh, then they have Brentford and Arsenal games. Um, so five out of six fixtures are uh, unfavorable. Uh, so we will see, you know, how if they will be able to collect points in this horizon. Uh, yeah. And then in order, we have Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest, Wolves, Fulham, Bournemouth, Burnley, Everton, Brentford, and Chelsea. Again, Chelsea appears in the worst teams uh, chart yes. once more, but they have really tough fixtures. Again, they have the Brentford this game week, but they will play against Tottenham. Uh, yeah. And then Manchester City, then Newcastle. Brighton game is relatively okay, but then they also have Manchester United. So it's bad news for, again, yeah. uh, if you have Chelsea players. But mm-hmm. despite this, uh, we will see. But in the optimal team, uh, we have a Chelsea player. <laughs> we will discuss it. Yeah, and, and they looked good against Arsenal, right? Uh... Yeah, they did. They went two uh, nil up. Um, they they look strong, and I think as we mentioned last week, yeah, they faced tough fixtures. But after that, so game week sixteen, uh, they will have a really good run. So yeah, maybe too early to go in now. Even though, to your point, I think a lot of people are talking about Palmer mm-hmm. because he's cheap and because he's also on penalties. Yes. Uh, but the fixtures don't look that great. But so for the longer run, mm-hmm. we could. Probably get some more confidence in Chelsea again because they, yeah. they they look decent. Yeah, maybe especially after this horizon run, uh, like after maybe game week fifteen, if they if their fixtures get better. Uh, but to your comment about Palmer, uh, so obviously he's on penalties, and that's really huge because yeah. it, it has been being discussed in the analytics Discord too. But essentially, penalties are not really affected by the fixture quality because you will get in the position obviously there is a chance that you will get penalty or penalties uh, so your opponent matters but it matters only a little bit so you are, exp- you are you are you know you can get a penalty against manchester city easily 
or against mm-hmm. Brentford. Doesn't matter. That's why penalty takers in general are favored by model. So if you know that there is a cheap guy who is also on penalties, I mean, it's almost a no-brainer for you to go and get that player. That's why Palmer uh, appears very heavily in uh, optimization solves. But yeah, that's essentially the comment I wanted yeah. to make. Okay, cool. Okay, well, that's good. Um, so that covers the teams. Um, mm-hmm. and well, we're going to game week 10. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people kind of flagged game week 10 as a good uh, wildcard possibility. Um, so I think for that reason, the, the team's ranking is especially relevant this week. You know, chose the teams we should be considering. Um, mm-hmm. I think the next thing to do is that we look at it on a player level, see, yeah. or do you have something over in mind? I have something in mind. To okay, share all right. We Go ahead. Yeah. Forward. So, even though like we are checking to average points, like if we just order by fixture quality, then it becomes like Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City, and comes Brighton. So Brighton's fixtures again, as I mentioned, is not bad actually. They are playing against Fulham, then Everton, then Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest. So they have good fixtures. That's why people kind of are considering Brighton midfielders. But yes. they do not appear in optimization solves. So I just wanted to mention that they have good fixtures, but we are not confident in uh, midfielders' minutes. If right. you have a midfielder that you are kind of like confident that will play, that yeah. be that might be a good thing to consider, or especially for people on their wildcard. And also, yeah. and I think yeah. of course the the player to mention then is Mitoma, right at Brighton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because indeed, I think people sometimes say questions about his minutes. But if you look at the game so far, in most games, he played 80 to 90 minutes. I think there was just one game where he was benched and then he mm-hmm. came on for the second half and, and, and uh, scored two goals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. But in general, his minutes look, look quite secure. But of course, uh, Brighton has a really busy schedule. Uh, they play in Europe for the first time, so they're not really used to that. So there's all that to consider. But I think, yeah, they have some good fixtures coming up. And I think if we would have to pick one from their team, it's probably Mitoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, question is if, if you can fit them in, considering all the other players people want to have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I just wanted to talk about this Game Week 10 projected goals and clean sheet odds. This is something yeah. that we were kind of talking with uh, you uh, to add, add it to the podcast. So we talked with Rob T. It is at okay. Rob T. FPL on Twitter. Yep. He keeps sharing these market odds uh, based on you know uh, betting markets. And these are particularly useful, especially if you are just checking a single game week, like what's happening this game week. And also he shares stuff about uh, season-long predictions about, you know, how many goals players will score or how many points teams will collect. In yeah. our case, the more, you know, it's more relevant because we can check clean sheet ratios. So yes. that, it, like, if you have a kind of like a benching dilemma, these kind of mm. odds are particularly useful. Uh, I see that Arsenal has a 58% chance of keeping a clean sheet, so it's the highest this game week. And also the projected goals for Arsenal against Sheffield United is 3. In average, that's how many goals we are expecting uh, them to score. That's why, you know, Arsenal midfielders are kind of a priority right now. And besides that, uh, we have Liverpool, 
which is expected to score 2.6 goals against Nottingham Forest. And Nottingham yeah. Forest has only like 7% chance of keeping a clean sheet. So mm-hmm. that's why you know Salah might be a priority for some people. And then we have Aston Villa with 2.55 uh, projected goals against Luton Town. And Luton Town only has 8% clean sheet probability, which means that you might also consider Watkins uh, to buy this game. I think yeah. th- those two will be a very popular uh, pick pair, especially definitely. if you have two free transfers. But yeah, just wanted yeah. to mention. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think uh, for Villa, also the next fixtures will be quite uh, attractive. Huh? So uh, I mm-hmm. think yeah, people are definitely looking at it. If you don't own Watkins yet, uh, trying to bring him in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's useful. And thanks, Rob, for uh, sharing the data. Mm-hmm. So after this, then I think we can look at the individual player level. And as every week, we are looking at the, the, the ones that are gaining and losing uh, in EV. Yes. Uh, so from last week to this week, uh, one of the, big, the biggest risers is Simikas. And right. the reason is obvious Robertson is out. So he's expected yeah. to play uh, more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and over the next six game weeks, his EV increased around 4.57. And so, essentially, every game week, there's an increase, especially uh, this game week. It is 0.9 increase in EV. Mm-hmm. And we have Elanga uh, in the second place, 3.83 increase. And then we have yep. Palmer. Uh, again, we talked about Palmer. Uh, then we have Ward, uh, Adingra, Flecken, yeah. Mudrik, uh, Doku, Wilson, and Digne. So these are the top uh, players whose EV increased since the last deadline. Mm. Yeah, Adingra, we were talking about uh, together, I think, before the pot. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Soli March got injured um, and Adingra is looking to be his uh, replacement. So I think he's being also mentioned by people, considering also the, the favorable fixtures of, of Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, could be, but you know, on the other hand, yeah, personally, I don't know much about Adingra. So for me, he's not really on my radar, but uh, certainly one we could keep an eye on. And mm-hmm. yeah, Palmer, we already talked about. And Simikas, as you said, with Robertson, unfortunately injured. Uh, Simikas looks to be his, his, his backup. So um, And also with Liverpool, favorable fixtures. He can be an attractive player now to consider. Yeah. Also at quite a low price, of course, which makes it also even more interesting yeah okay so these were the ones that gained who are the ones that dropped so at the top of the list we have almiron uh, lost okay. around 2.09 ev over the next six game weeks and then we have nico jackson and isaac mount yeah. grelish <laughs> as i mentioned grelish is always on one of these lists yeah and indeed. then we have darwin gakpo yeah. uh Jesus, Edward, and Rashford. So okay. some of these players, I mean, for example, for Rashford, uh, even though he's like 10th uh, player who lost, uh, you know, EV, mm-hmm. the EV loss in, in total is only 0.6. Yeah. So not yeah. very significant. So one of the, no. I mean, so the more important players here is Almiron and Jackson, whose EV dropped more than 1.5 over the next yeah. six game weeks. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, not much to comment. I saw. I mean, Almiron didn't start last game, so mm. I think it's just now doubt over minutes that yeah. he, he's not anymore uh, the secured starter, or at least he doesn't look to be. Yeah, number four, Mason Mount. That's just a player that, you know, at the start of the season, I expected him to re do really well at United. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a bit what we see from Madison now at Spurs. I, I expected Mount to do the same at United. But so far, unfortunately, it's 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 not clicking for whatever reason. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, United in general is struggling. Hopefully yeah. they can... Uh, they can improve. It was interesting yesterday. I don't know if you saw the Champions League game, but they were 1-0 up against Copenhagen. Yeah. So they were again struggling. And then they got a penalty uh, against them in the final minute. And I was yeah. watching it as an Onana owner. And I was like, oh man, if Onana could save the penalty, you know, that could really give him a, a boost for the next game. And then he saved it. So hopefully... For FPL wise, this will be good news that he will yeah. you know, earn then, some points. And then he dropped in price, right? Last night. Yeah, he did draw, but I guess <laughs> so, saving a penalty and dropping in price yeah. should be a unique combination. I um, guess people already sold him before that, or yeah, yeah, yeah they probably they didn't, they didn't consider it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah following. Actually, I think people also on on wild card probably now it's the time to make a change. Yeah, I was following the game because as the Galatasaray fan, I was following oh, yeah. that the game will end in a tie. I think it it was the most useful score for us, but you know, okay. it's still good. Okay, all right, cool. Um, yeah, so we covered a lot, and I think this is probably the point where we switch to the optimal teams. Yep. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, I think a lot of people are on their wild card. So for that reason, I think uh, you pre prepared uh, a few different optimal teams, right? So yeah, talk us through it and let us know what what the difference is as well. Yeah, certainly. So I kind of changed settings a little bit so that we can kind of see the big picture a little bit easier. Yep. So our row optimal wildcard 10 consists of Sanchez in the goal, and then we have Saliba, Zinchenko, Cash, Trippier in defense, Saka, Salah, Palmer, Diaby in midfield, and Watkins and Haaland in forward. And in our bench we have Ariola, Mubemo, Archer, and Taylor. So this team is again uh, use, is using ensemble model, and I sold for uh, next 12 game weeks and transfers are not allowed so this is like you know this is the hmm. team that will probably do pretty well in average yeah so the second team i tried is by enabling transfers so you are kind of okay. like allowing uh solver to make some changes to this team mm -hmm. and obviously the the picks change a little bit and most notably you will see but uh it brings alexander arnold so and this team consists of sanchez in the goal again Gabriel, Zinchenko, Cash, Alexander-Arnold. We have Saka, Mubemo, Salah, Palmer, and Watkins and Haaland in our forwards. In the bench, we have Ariola, Sissimikas, Chan, and Archer. Uh, so even though it starts with Alexander-Arnold, it goes to Trippier after three game weeks. Okay. And then eventually, he is replaced by Guardiol towards the end of the horizon. Mm -hmm. And... There is a switch to Salah too. So it starts with Salah and then goes to Son uh, after six game weeks and then goes back to Salah at the very last game week. 
obviously some of these plans are not you know strict but uh since we are we also have the dk here yeah but yeah so this is the team again with ensemble model but we are enabling transfer so as you see there are some changes so so the parameter selection uh, affects the team you will get yeah so it's just kind of like worth playing around like to see you know what's yeah. the you know what's the EV that I'm gaining by bringing Alexander Arnold in and scheduling a transfer for you know after three game weeks. So yeah, mm -hmm. and I also tried the no transfer plan, but this this time I used FBR review because FBR review was the most accurate model for the okay uh, yeah makes sense recent time. So in goal we have Areola. And in defense, we have Gabriel, Tsimikas, Pau. And in midfield, we have Saka, Mubemo, Salah, Palmer, Son. And in mm -hmm. forward, we have Watkins and Holland. Mm -hmm. In the bench, we have Flecken, Byrne, Archer, and Dallet. And I will just compare them side by side. So this is ensemble yeah. model versus review. So obviously, uh, there are a few changes. So instead of Sanchez and Ariola, it goes for Ariola and Flecken. So Ariola is kind of the... Um, the primary goalkeeper uh, here, yeah. and yeah. so Tsimikas is a big difference here, and also well, mm. both team has Palmer, but existing of Tsimikas and Palmer actually impacts mm. the optimal wildcard ten quite a bit because when mm. we were optimizing for wildcard eight, we didn't have Holland in any of those teams because right. bringing in Holland meant that yes. you are effectively losing lots of EV. But because yes. of Tsimikas and Palmer now, you can have both Salah and Haaland in your team. You can even have right. Son in this team and still have a really good uh, lineup. Like you have the like Gabriel Saka, Mubemo. So essentially people, uh, players with high projected points and also mm -hmm. like have good short-term fixtures and also Watkins, obviously. So, and you even have a, you know, relatively nice bench here. Uh, so most notable exception is 3 obviously in the FA reviews team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so these teams I feel like good starting points for people who are considering to wildcard uh, this yeah. game week. But yeah, I mean it is different from wildcard eight. I'm I'm kind of like worried for <laughs> for my team that I don't have Holland, but there's not yeah. much to do now. No. Yeah, indeed. I was about to say that that's that's the difference. I also noticed. I think in the, in the in these optimal teams, we can see that Haaland is back, which indeed I think is a difference if we compare it to Wildcard Eight. Um, the other thing I noticed in the ensemble model, it goes for three times Arsenal, and then I think that's something that we already saw in the fixtures, right? If they're really yeah. good fixtures coming up. Um, it also makes it possible now in the optimal team, to your point, to have both Salah and Haaland, because I think uh, previous weeks it was often commented that that's difficult to do unless uh, you, you sacrifice somewhere else. But again, yeah, indeed, now Tsimikas is there and also Palmer is there. So if you if you believe, let's say, in the potential of them, then uh, thanks to their favorable price, yeah. you can have quite a decent team now. Yeah. And the main difference, yeah, when you went through the ensemble model, uh, one thing I noticed was no Spurs. And I think, yeah, we talked about it earlier. Uh, they've been doing really well, both Son and Madison. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a big call to uh, to go without them. Um, but then in the in the review model, then Son is back. So I think that's also, of course, something that a lot of people are thinking about now. Like, 
can I still fit in son or not? And do I want to fit in son? Yeah, I think yeah, if you bring son, you're kind of like forced there, right? So you can have Salah, Son, Holland, obviously, yep. but then it means that Trippia is kind of hard to reach for you. Right. That's why the model right. has burn instead yeah. uh, in the yeah. review optimal. Yeah. But if yeah. you ha want to have Trippia, which is also like a good player to pick because he he's constantly getting like bonus points too, and they mm -hmm. have also like some of the fixtures they have is good. Not all, all of the fixtures, obviously, but no. they're playing again Wolves this game week and then Bournemouth in uh, two game weeks of time. Uh, remainings yeah. are a little bit challenging games. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there are there are some decisions here, but uh, yeah, again, the big yeah. point is uh, Tissimikas and Palmer kind of, yeah. they are enabling. So I don't like the term enabler, but they are really enabling a really yeah. good team with you know, multiple premiums. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about that because I, I saw I see also a lot of people on Twitter talking about, you know, these enablers. And now of course Palmer is here. So I think it makes it already clear who from the model perspective is the is the best enabler. But I think there are a few others we should consider. Uh, mm -hmm. for example Kutak at, at uh, West Ham. There is Gordon at Newcastle, Neto at uh, Wolves, and Duplas Luis, who's been doing well at Villa. And as we discussed earlier, now with Solly Marge being injured, uh, there's also now Adingra at Brighton. So I was checking it a bit also on the FPL side, looking at midfielders below 5.8 million. Uh, and the top five there, if we looked at total points, it's uh, Douglas Luis, Jensen at Brentford. Neto, Gordon, and Wang. So compared to the names that I mentioned before, then yeah, I didn't mention Jensen and Wang earlier. Personally, I'm not really a fan of Wang. <laughs> Don't know why. But uh, also, if you compare him to Neto, the price difference is not that big. It's 0.4 million. So if possible, I, I would go for Neto. And for Jensen, uh, a bit similar. I think you know it's Jensen or Mbuemo. But the price difference is a bit bigger there. Uh, Mbuemo is at 6.7, Jensen is at 5.5. So if people you know, do consider Brentford and they cannot fit in Mbuemo, then maybe Jensen could be an option. So looking at it like that, uh, and if you put it here as well on, on, on the screen for the people on YouTube, uh, I think if we consider the, the enablers like that, so Palmer, Susak, Gordon, Neto, Douglas, Luis, Adringra, and Jensen, then, yeah, how would you rank them based on the data? So uh, you told me about the midfielders below 5.8 million and I also checked yes. from the data side and right. using, I think this is using FBI review data or ensemble. I'm not sure, but it should be FBI review. So we have okay. Gibbs White uh, as the highest player in terms of total EV, uh, with uh, 21.99 EV for the next, uh, I think, six game weeks. And then we yeah. have I have... Palmer, Andreas, Ichan, Neto, and William. So yeah, some of the names are common, like Palmer and Neto. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a little bit of a different list than yeah. we have. Yeah, that's interesting. So Gibbs White is would be the number one based on data. Yes. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I don't see him being mentioned a lot, but uh, yeah. Okay, something to consider. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks for covering that one. Um, I think you yes. did some other analysis this week, right? Exactly. So 
I also checked uh, the sensitivity analysis and for people who are not again familiar with sensitivity analysis it's simply when you are kind of running the optimization solver you get a solution and it tells you these 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 are the 15 players you need to have but more often than not there are certain sensitivities around that team like some of the players are really fixed like you you can have other combinations and those players will be there like players like Salah will yeah. be there because his EV is really high so whatever you do whatever you know you know however you play around it you should probably keep Salah in right so sensitivity is coming from the fact that like some players like if you move their EV just slightly you know very small amount they might be not optimal anymore so then sensitivity analysis is perturbing these EV slightly and then we are solving repeatedly to see how often players appear in the optimal team. So based on that, uh, I used the ensemble model using the Python solver, 12 game week horizon. Transfers are allowed, but limited by two over the horizon. Um, so the goalkeeper, so we have Ariola, who's appearing in 70% of the souls, mostly as a bench goalkeeper, but sometimes as a lineup goalkeeper. And then we have Sanchez appearing in 62% of the time. And then comes Onana, only 20% of the time. Uh, and then remaining players are Raya, Ellison, Martinez, Pickford, Leno, or Neto. So again, by choosing a goalkeeper among this list, you are kind of, you might be losing some EV in the average case. But mm -hmm. in reality, it might turn out that that was the best option. Okay. And among defenders, Trippia appears in 70% of the time. We talked about the ensemble models of the multi-team and Trippia was there. And he also, yeah. like, even if you perturb the model, uh, Trippia appears in 70% of the time. And then we have Zinchenko, uh, 54%, Alexander-Arnold, 52%. Then we have Taylor, Simikas, Cash, Gabriel, Saliba, Paul, Pedro Porro, and Ruben Diaz. And if we okay. check midfielders, we have Salah appearing in 84% of the teams. And then yeah. we have Saka 80%, Mubemo 60%. And then we have Diaby, Palmer, Son, Mitoma, Bruno Fernandez, Hechen, Martinelli, Odegaard, Madison. Yeah, as, as you see, we have Madison, but he appears in 12% of the optimal teams. Yeah. And for forwards, we have Watkins at 88%. And then we have Holland 48%, Foster 44%, Alvarez 40%, and then comes Solanke, Archer, Joe Pedro, Gabriel Jesus, Darwin, and Eduard. So based right. on that, players that you might want to fix to your team are Watkins, Salah, yeah. Saka, probably Mubemo, and among defenders, Trippia only, and Ariola. So anyone mm -hmm. else besides these players are kind of like some something you can play around. But right. you know, and again, I'm strictly talking about the ensemble model. So if you are using this kind of a like ensemble model, these are the players. Like after seeing the results, I will yeah. fix these players to my team when right. I am getting consecutive souls. It will be also faster for you. Yeah. So I think sometimes the term essential is being used. So you would call those players <laughs> essential in this case. Yes, essential. <laughs> all right, all right, good, good. Was there anything else you prepared for uh, people to consider this week, especially when on wildcard? 
someone also asked me to produce wildcard teams for people whose team value is lower than mine because you know when i usually right. prepare these i'm using my own team and wildcard okay. 8 actually worked well for me in terms of team value but yeah. some people don't have this um no. so my solver wasn't able to actually handle you know starting with a negative in the bank amount because i was trying to uh, oh, okay. replicate using a negative in the bank amount i need to yeah. uh, do a change so i wasn't able to generate them yet but i will i will try to generate uh, you know optimal yeah but probably the discussion change. the discussion we had on enablers is yeah. relevant i think because mm -hmm. you, you might have to add another enabler <laughs> yep. to uh if, if you don't have the the high team value yeah so yeah, I wasn't able to prepare it, but yeah, I will try to come up with something and hopefully share on Twitter X. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, good luck to everyone, especially if you have your wildcard active. Um, Sirtop, you used yours already. So what are your plans for this week? Uh, I am thinking of having two Arsenal midfielders using my two free transfers and setting okay. Bruno Fernandez and Madison. Yeah. For uh, Saka and Odegaard, I think that was the optimal move when I checked right. earlier. But yeah, I, I will definitely get at least one of them, but probably yeah. both of them. We will see. Okay. And what are you doing this game week? Yeah, actually, I made my transfers already, which uh, oh, I know did? normally uh, is not recommended to do, especially in a busy <laughs> European week. But when was it? Uh, I think it was Monday night. I saw Salah would go up and. Uh, um, um, Bruno, <laughs> sorry, Bruno would go down, and that was actually the exact switch I wanted to make. So you know, and I did lose already some team value, so I didn't want to lose more. So I I, I made my moves. Um, I went for Bruno to Salah, as I mentioned, and to in order to achieve that, I had to downgrade Mubuemo. And I was considering all the enablers and I went for Douglas Luis just because oh. uh, Villa has really good fixtures. So I, okay. I want to bet on, on the fixtures there. Um, so yeah, it's exciting to have the Egyptian king back in my team for the first time <laughs> this season. And I'm combining him with the Norwegian Viking and the Korean Ronaldo. So... <laughs> Nothing it's, can go wrong, right? I hope. It's like <laughs> boss bass all-stars. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So let's see. I hope that will work out. So yeah, I went for my, my transfers. And I, what also helps, I, you know, I do have my wild card. So if, if there is bad news this week, if some players get injured, I can always still decide to, to hit the wild card button. But for okay. now, that's, that's, that's not the plan. All right. I think the last thing to cover is uh, the captaincy options. Captaincy for game week ten, Salah is ahead of uh, everyone else. Um, Seven point ninety six EV in okay. ensemble, and yeah. the closest player is Saka with six point nine. So almost one EV difference between them. So well, obviously, people who have Salah, Salah is the best option, and then right. we have Saka, and then comes Holland with six point sixty six. And then we have Odegaard, 6.34, and Watkins at 6.16 for people who are looking for a different, a differential captain. And yes. Salah is also the optimal captain in most models like Draft Hound, Fantasy Postcard, FBI Review, FBI Team, and Mikael Tokwam is favoring Salah. 
Mm -hmm. uh, only models that have different optimal captains are Panthers Football Hub has Holland ahead of Salah almost five percent uh, more points, and Panthers Football Fix has Saka ahead of Salah, but the difference is around like three percent, not very significant. Yeah. They're almost the same. Okay. But yeah, hmm. I think Salah is the is the best captain. That's very obvious, okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah, looking at it from this chart is obvious. I think when I was looking at the fixtures, you know, Salah they play against Forest at home, mm -hmm. and Saka plays against Sheffield at home. So thinking about the opponents, I prefer the game against Sheffield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'm confident enough. To put it on Saka, but uh, yeah, not sure yet. Yeah, as as we talked about the you know projected goals, Arsenal is expected to score more to Sheffield yeah. than Liverpool to Nottingham Forest. So right. I, I I kind of understand, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, I think that covers it then for today, right? Or was there anything yes. else? No, that was all. Okay, cool. So then let's uh, finish again by looking at our mini league. Uh, we now have 296 teams in it. Uh, we're almost at 300, so that's exciting. Thanks again, everyone, for joining. Uh, and you can still join if you want to. The code is 0JSDLA. And we've seen a few changes in the top. Last week's number two, Steve Britnell, with the team Close Control, is now number one after a big score of 110 points and a total score of 647. So that's really well done. And if you're listening, see Britnell, I'm not sure if you're a man or a woman. So I, I would like to know, actually. So reach out on Twitter. Then, uh, you know, we can give a bit more information about you in our next pod. Um, and the rank of this team is now 996. So we have a nice. top one team leading the mini league. And last week's number one, Alex Wilmot, is now number two. His team, Are You Not Entertained, also had a decent score of 96 points. But we have a really competitive mini-league. So even yeah. with, uh, with 96 points, he, he dropped to number two. But the gap is only two points, though, to the number one. So uh, keep it up, Alex. And in the third spot, we have a new name. It's Tobias Ljungberg with his team, Tbilisi Finest. And to, Tobias had a game week score of 113 points and a total score of 634. So congrats to the three of you. And Sertop, you had a good score with 120 points. So I've I seen that you're uh, you know, climbing the ranks. But I also looked at the highest score in our mini league. And actually, that was 129 points. Oh, so there was there was still some room for improvement in your score. <laughs> God damn it! And uh, yeah, so that's congrats to Herpal Sahuti and also to Cameron Scott. There were two managers who had 129 points, so that was the highest score, awesome. at least in our mini league. Well done. All right, so this was it for today. This was FPL Optimized Podcast, episode number 63. Thank you for listening. Uh, good luck with making your decisions and may your arrow be green. We'll be back with another episode next week. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll get notified when the next episode is released. And do follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. And as you know, you can also find us on YouTube. And until next time, stay curious and stay analytical. Goodbye. Goodbye.